Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. With you until 10.45 this morning, Illinois baseball comes your way at that time of the pregame show, Illinois and Michigan in baseball at 11 o'clock. The phone line is open as we speak, 217-356-9397, NCAA tournament underway. Mr. Tate, how you doing this morning? Doing good, and we're playing 11 o'clock tomorrow, huh? 11.10, 11.15, huh? 11.10 is the uh, scheduled tip time in Indianapolis at uh, Banker's Life Fieldhouse that tomorrow. That surprise you? Did me. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, they played basically in the uh, first game this yesterday. That's true. That's true. So they kind of keep the bracket going that way, I would guess. But yeah. uh, that's fine. I like the early games. And I thought we might get some prime time or prime afternoon time, but that's that's fine. Eleven well, o'clock. I think that's good time. That's uh, you know that's when uh, during the football season the NFL games start to early like that. So uh, why not uh, get it going? And it's Illinois. And the Loyola Ramblers for the first time in the NCAA tournament at, uh, since 1963 and only the second time overall yep. in the NCAA tournament. We'll talk more about that as we move along. Yeah, we got Bill Small coming on. He played against them in that game. He did. He also played against uh, Cincinnati that season, the number one team that Loyola ended up beating mm-hmm. for the uh, national title. Three Big Ten teams still alive. Three are out. We had a 15 beat a 2 a 13 beat a 4, a 12 over a 5, 11 over a 6, a 10 over a 7, and three overtime games yesterday. Well, you know, I wrote this down, Steve. We had six upsets out of 16 games. And I say upset. I don't know if a 9 beating an 8. Will you consider that an upset? Not, Not really. really, no. But anyway, uh, lower seeds won. Syracuse won over uh, San Diego State. Rutgers, of course, over Clemson. North Texas beat Purdue. Purdue didn't, almost didn't score in the overtime. Wisconsin beat Carolina, Oregon State beat Tennessee, Loyola over Georgia Tech, of course Georgia Tech without their center, and Oral Roberts over Ohio State. And in one of the late games last night, if you uh, retired early and didn't uh, watch it all, Rutgers yep. won their ball game. That was a 10 over a 7. They beat Clemson 60-56. to 56. So Illinois now has won 24 out of 30 games on the season after that 78-49 uh, to 49 win over Drexel yesterday early in the day. If you want to comment about that, you've got time to do that. We'll be in and out of guests uh, as we move along. Coming up at 9.15, David Woods will join us. He uh, writes for the Indianapolis Star and uh, has a good take on how this basketball tournament, uh, everything in Indianapolis came about, and we'll talk to him about that. He watched the Illinois game yesterday. At 9.30, Jack Ebling, who covers Michigan State, will check in. Interesting uh, exit for the Spartans the other night. Yeah. It hasn't been a particularly good tournament so far. Not particularly good for the Big Ten. Been kind of disappointed to see Michigan State and Ohio State go out in particular. So Jack will join us. And then uh, Scott Ritchie will be with us at the top of the second hour. And we mentioned uh, Bill Small will join us about 10.15. We are off early for Illinois baseball. The Illini baseball team... uh, Handed Michigan just its second loss of the season by a seven to four score last night. Got those bats going, boy! That Jackson leadoff spot—he's had some good games already this year. Taylor Jackson, four for five, four RBI in the game, scored four runs in the eighth inning. Did the Illini yeah, last broke night? Broke a tie. It was three all. Yep, Michigan was ranked number twenty-two in the country. So they play Michigan again and Michigan State today. This is one of those pod series where you play two uh, teams over the course of the weekend. Yep. 
Illinois Volleyball broke out of a 10-match losing streak last night. Uh, they gave up the first set to Maryland, and then won three straight to win it 3-1. to one. And Steve, does this seem to you like we're announcing all these results, but we baseball, volleyball, I'm used to seeing those games. Exactly. You know, and and it's, it's almost like they're not playing. Did they really play high school football last night? They, and are you aware of that? They allegedly did because it was in the newspaper. It can't be, can't <laughs> be totally you, wrong. Strange. And I think there were fans allowed at some of those games. There's a, a several, another, at least a handful or two of games on the high school level scheduled for today. I guess they were... Just taking a chance on if the weather was bad, uh, they'd play a Saturday afternoon game. So a lot of teams are doing that. Soccer uh, beat uh, Nebraska yesterday 3-1. to one. Soccer team is 4-2-1 and one on the season. They take on Ohio State on Sunday. Illinois had five wrestlers in the uh, NCAA championships, and they got uh, two alive that can finish as high as third. Biggest surprise of the weekend for me. I learned that Iowa hasn't won the national championship in 10 years. Has it been 10 whole <laughs> they're years? They're going to change that this year. Yeah, they're pretty good. Lucas Bird at 133 and Dylan Duncan at 141 are wrestling this morning. And if they win their matches today or their first match this morning, they would enter the third place match in each of those categories. They've already earned All-American honors. So Illinois wins off to a little bit of a shaky start. I don't think there was any... Major concern, but uh, they were a little rusty there at the beginning of the, of the maybe rusty is not the right word, but a little off. How's that? Yeah, I, you know, it's, there'll be a, a lot of debate about why uh, certain, why Big Ten teams don't, don't do well. But after you've had a, a crunch of a season, sometimes it's just hard to keep it going. I don't know, battle-tested or, or just worn out, which is it? Well, it depends on if you want or not. <laughs> That's exactly right. But Ohio State had won, had played four games in a row and then lost in overtime to Illinois. And then, of course, they come out and didn't play well yesterday. And uh, Well, they had three straight overtime games, Ohio State did. Yeah. Because they had I, Purdue I in the know. semifinals. I mean, I just wonder at some point where it, it, it maybe is not so much physically, but mentally you're just, you're just out of it. I'm making excuses. I, I don't understand it. Although I never thought, and this is just me, I never thought Ohio State was quite as good as they were playing. Does that make any sense? I mean, they don't, they don't have that big man in the post that, that, to, for defense, for one thing. And Washington is kind of overplaying. When he's on, it's great. When he's not, you saw what happened. Right. In that uh, Rutgers win last night, their first win in the NCAA tournament in 38 years. 1983, wasn't it? And uh, in the West Virginia win, Bob Huggins got his 900th victory as a college head coach. Are you a guy that, um, I think I know the answer to this, but (laughs) maybe some of the other folks would like to weigh in. Do you root for or against other Big Ten teams in the NCAA? So do I. I am for. So do I. I don't know. I'm I'm for Michigan. I'm for Iowa. I'm for all of them. When we get in the term, I'm not, I'm certainly not for them when when they're playing Illinois. Here, but, I'll, uh, I'll pull a Charles Barkley on you if I can do this. Okay. I'm for m- 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 Michigan. <laughs> he said that about Alabama. He couldn't get it out. He's an Auburn grad. That's right. And you and I were talking before uh, we came in, got on the air, and and Sister Jean, the uh, who had gained an notoriety a few years ago with the Loyola basketball team going to the Final Four. Well, she was at the game 
last night, and uh, I expect her to be there tomorrow. But uh, she said she had picked um, Loyola to win their game and Illinois to win their game and for Loyola to win that game. Mm-hmm. And Barkley on the television last night said, well, get Sister Jean on the phone. I'll take some of that bet. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to beat Illinois. Sister Jean and Barkley should do an interview. They should. <laughs> Just sit down and let them talk. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. So yesterday, summing it up, if you uh, – if you just, you've you been under a rock for 24 hours, Illinois beat Drexel, Loyola beat Georgia Tech, Oregon State upset Tennessee, Oklahoma State had a little bit of a struggle with Liberty, but won. Syracuse beat San Diego State, West Virginia over Moorhead State, Rutgers beat Clemson, and Houston beat Cleveland State. That's all in the East. If somebody knows... I mean Midwest, sorry. If somebody knows the answer to this, let me know because I haven't been able to check it. Why did Griffin play so uh, so little in the Syracuse game? He's been a star for them all year. Now, the real star is Beheim's son, who's just going crazy with his shooting. He was 10 out of 15 in that game, but or maybe I don't, I don't know how, uh, whether it was 10 or 15. I might he had 30 that. points. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, yeah. And, but anyway, Griffin had, a, had the first really off game I've noticed in a long time. He's been uh, the number two scorer for them all season. So maybe I, I just wonder I just wonder did he get hurt did he get in foul trouble I don't I don't know what happened or or did he just have a bad game in the uh, South Baylor beat Hartford Wisconsin all over North Carolina thirteen for twenty seven on oh, three pointers Davidson went twenty nine points what's come on I've never seen him do that he scored twenty nine points in a month <laughs> I know in some of those games Villanova beat uh, Winthrop by ten. It was North Texas, as we mentioned, in overtime over Purdue. Texas Tech beat Utah State. Arkansas over Colgate. Florida got by Virginia Tech in overtime. And Oral Roberts beat Ohio State. That's the South, the West, and the East play today. Three more Big Ten teams in action today. Iowa plays Grand Canyon. Michigan plays Texas Southern. And Maryland plays UConn. Somebody get on Twitter and and give them Liddell uh some heat because he missed a free throw late. Yeah, I just see in Washington both missed free throws late, didn't they? Yeah, he did, but it's sickening to watch or to, to, listen to, to, to read. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just unbelievable. Almost, you know, borderline death threats for missing. That's stupid. Missing a, a foul shot, the first of a one-on-one late in the ball game. It is stupid for sure. So a lot going on today. Um, as I mentioned, Iowa, oh, I got Michigan, one for you, and Steve. Maryland play. Yeah, I got one for you. What's your reaction when the sideline reporter said that North Carolina players were complaining because they had to do classwork since they <laughs> arrived in Indianapolis? Don't laugh since they arrived in Indianapolis. Is that fair that they had to do classwork? I can't. I have no other reaction but that <laughs> that laugh. Eighteen years they went without having to go to class, and all of a sudden now they're complaining because they do. It's crazy. We were talking to. Uh, Kent Brown the other day at lunch about uh, the way different teams are handling things. And uh, over the Big Ten tournament weekend, there were a lot of uh, teams, I guess, before they had to go into that 24-hour quarantine, they were out and about. Oh, really? On Indianapolis streets. Oops. Okay. Very obvious. Standing on the corner. And uh, that was after they were out of the out of the uh, Big Ten tournament. Standing on the corner watching all the cars go by? Yeah. <laughs> Watching uh, whatever they watch at that point. <laughs> you can get in trouble, Steve. Be careful. I know. I got an open mic here, don't I? 
let's uh, turn that open mic over to uh, Brad Underwood and get some of his comments after the game last night. Every kid dreams about playing in the NCAA tournament. They do that since they're five years old. And uh, so when these guys stepped out here, uh, sure, there was a little uh, a little anxiety, a little nervousness, and it, and it's it's nice to get back to where I think we belong, and that's in the NCAA tournament. And uh, uh, we did that in a very matter of fact way today. One of the things we talked about at halftime was, um, you know, we, we ended up very well and then we had to, you know, keep the, the, the pedal down. And this is a team that uh, uh, really gets going from three. They're an excellent three point shooting team. We couldn't make mistakes. And we felt like if we took the three away from them, uh, we could make it very difficult. But, uh, uh, you know, we come out right right away. We get a steal and, a, and an easy basket and, and, and we're off and running. So it was um, very important those those first four minutes. And I think the one thing that, that, you know, we've talked about in the last few days is you can't get to two without one in terms of victories. And and uh, if, if you're not dialed in and, and you're not uh, on point with your uh, with your execution, with your game plan, um, you go home. And uh, we, we've had that mindset here in the last uh, three weeks to a month, and, and it's, been, uh, it's been good for us, and it has to continue. They, they, they only get harder from here. Brad Underwood, after the win over Drexel, the final was 78-49. And if you didn't uh, tune in right at the top and hear this, Illinois plays at 11-10 tomorrow at Bankers Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis against Loyola, the number nine seed. Let's go to the phones, and Walt is with us in Champaign. Go ahead, Walt. Uh, may, I may be able to shed a little light on the Griffin situation. Okay. I ha- I happen to be uh, watching the Syracuse game, I don't know, maybe eight to ten minutes into the first half. Griffin got the ball on a wing and went flying into the center and ran right smack into a defender who had, looked like he'd been there for about a week. And Beheim was really, really angry. Pulled him out, and I don't know if he ever got back in. Well, he only played 15 total minutes, and this is uh, different. Uh, all season long, he's been a, you know, a, a key member. And as I said, uh, when last time I looked it up, he was the number two scorer on the team. Uh, yeah, I, 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 that's why I was watching, and uh, and, and when I saw him do it, I, he, he never even looked where he was going. He, it was. It was, I was scratching my head as to what he was trying to do, hmm. and I think Beheim was true. <laughs> you don't think he got hurt running into the guy, huh? No, I don't. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I saw Beheim after him on the sideline afterwards, too. Okay. All right. Well, thanks yeah, for the I call. Be, I may be sure. I may be wrong, but I think that's what happened. Okay. okay. Thanks, Walt. We appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. 9.15 is the time. We need to take our first break. We'll keep the phone lines open when we come back. This is Alani Pella, Saturday Sports Talk, and we're back after talking NCAA basketball. David Woods joins us from Indianapolis, the Indianapolis Star. Good morning, David. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Steve. How are you guys? We're hanging in there, and uh, we wanted to touch base with you about uh, the NCAA tournament in the city of Indianapolis, how that all came about, and uh, how Indianapolis as a whole, from your uh, viewpoint, is doing in pulling this off in the women's side where the uh, NCAA got a lot of hand grenades uh, tossed its way for, for not having uh, things as uh, as uh, spiffy as they are for the men's tournament. But uh, it, it could just be, you know, Brad Underwood trying to keep his guys positive, but he's been, uh, you know, he's been very, you know, complimentary to the organization so far. And, and uh, you know, that, that part of it does seem to be going well. It's obviously a weird 
to have so few spectators, but I, I think having uh, having a small number is better than none at all. And there was, uh, you know, there was definitely some Illini Orange in Indiana Farmers Coliseum yesterday, as there was in Lucas Oil Stadium last week. Did you um, have an opportunity yesterday to get to more than one venue? No, I, I was I was just at Indiana Farmers Coliseum. Uh, this is actually kind of a interesting week for me. I mean, I you know I worked you know for many years in Champaign Urbana and was never actually the the so-called Illinois basketball beat writer, but I am during the NCAA tournament because Indy Star is a Gannett property and we're helping out uh, Gannett newspapers in Springfield and Peoria. So I've been communicating with the Peoria sports editor a lot on Illini coverage and in addition to uh, doing doing covering Illinois for, for us and then doing a few other things. I was I, I got end up getting to bed at three o'clock this morning. <laughs> oh wow. I was at the Villanova game late last night, and then right toward the end of the game, the uh, the, the wireless went out there, and the live stats went out, and there was no Zoom call. There was no nothing. So I was fortunate to get some some audio uh, audio file from the Villanova SID at 1.40 in the morning so I could include some Jay Wright quotes in my story. Well, David, good to hear your voice. I saw you on Zoom the other day. Uh are you doing a lot of work for internet as opposed to just uh, print newspapers? Well, it's everything's the same now. I mean, we're 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 very much uh, emphasized the the online over the print, but mm-hmm. uh, but most of my stuff ends up in print. Now, of course, my most of my Illini stuff uh, will not end up in print here. It'll you know it's supposed to end up in Peoria or Springfield, but but I, I have probably watched. Uh, I cover Butler, but I probably watched about as many Illinois games as I have Butler uh, th- this particular season. So, uh, you know, it was it really kind of helps when you're going to something like this, have some familiarity with that team. And, and I, I certainly have had that familiarity with Illinois. It's kind of an odd year for the state of Indiana with Indiana University down. Butler, I think, would be considered, well, not as up as when they were finishing second a long time ago under Stevens. By the way, he's not coming back to Indiana, is he? No, no, that's uh, the uh, the uh, I think the IU basketball fan base uh, lives in a fantasy land. Well, <laughs> I think there's a lot of truth to that. By the way, Notre Dame uh, is is Bray going to stay there? I don't know. He was taking a lot of heat, and you know, and and of course they they've actually been uh, almost successful during the 2000s uh, as Butler. Uh, I think and and uh, Purdue is also. I think of the of those four. I think Indiana probably has the fewest NCAA tournament victories in the 2000s. Is that right? And, uh, and uh, uh, I think they've missed eight of the last 12 tournaments, which really at, at, at Indiana, that's just like unacceptable and unfathomable. Um, of course, I, I think some people in Indiana don't understand how important basketball is in the state of Illinois either. I know you guys can talk on your show about Illini basketball, you know, all 12 months of the year, and, and Illinois football does not come up all 12 months of the year. Uh, so I think there's there's some of that, uh, some of that. Uh, well, in, know, Indiana's people, turned people into in a Indiana football like school. <laughs> people in Indiana like to I'd like to think that they that they invented basketball, and it is very important here. But you know, I grew up in Illinois, and I I always felt basketball was really important in that state too. Well, I, I just think that, uh, you know, I, I worked for 11 years in Indiana, and I will tell you, uh, they built that uh, Butler Fieldhouse, uh, Hinkle, uh, 15,000 seats for one reason, and it wasn't for the college. 
<laughs> it was yeah, for the high school, high school tournament. tournament. No question. Yeah. Well, uh, a lot of upsets, uh, Dave, so far. I consider six uh, uh, teams that were picked in the lower bracket uh, have uh, lost six out of sixteen. What? What? What's your take on this? What? How do you explain? Uh, how do you explain what's you know North Carolina playing so poorly, uh, Ohio State playing so poorly, Purdue playing so poorly? How do you explain that? You know, I, I got to thinking a little bit about Ohio State because I actually know you know Chris Holtman pretty well from when he when I covered Butler and he was the Butler coach. I got to thinking, Lauren, that I wonder if those if those guys just never bounced back uh, emotionally or physically from that four games in four days Big Ten tournament in which you know which they took the line to the you know to the uh, into overtime there, and and plus they were they were missing uh, Kyle Young, mm-hmm. who's like a really key piece mm-hmm. key piece blue guy for them so i just and we've seen this before some some teams will you know, go deep into the conference uh, tournament and and maybe they're like flat in the ncaa tournament and when i had to reverse you know i saw villanova last night justin moore came back and everyone was you know the trendy pick was winthrop over villanova and uh, i thought villanova played pretty well and and you know they've had like a uh, more than a week's rest after losing to Georgetown in the quarterfinal. And they've got North Texas now. I mean, they've, they've got a pretty good chance to make the Sweet 16, you know, after everybody uh, wrote their obituary. We're talking NCAA basketball with David Woods, former News Gazette sports writer, has been with the Indiana or the Indianapolis Star for quite some time now. You mentioned Indiana fans in the fantasy world. In the real world, do you have any idea who Indiana might target? Not really. Um, uh, I thought, you know, I, I I would think that, uh, you know, the Beard of Texas Tech would be an awfully good candidate. And, and Bayline might be tempting, but, you know, he, he's he's 68, and experience with him has been it maybe takes a couple or three years for him to get his, his style of play and his system uh, installed. So I don't know if Indiana wants to wait that long. But, but uh, no, I, it's uh, – it's, it's, it's a big mystery over here. Of course, everyone uh, thinks they know, and and a lot of people just you know absolutely swore up and down that uh, that uh, Stevens was headed to uh, Stevens was headed to uh, uh, to uh, Indiana, but you know that's not happening. Was yesterday the first time you had an opportunity to see Illinois in person? Uh, oh, in person, yes. Yeah, I, I've watched them on TV a ton, but that that is the first time I, I, I'd seen them in person. And, uh, you know, I thought, I thought they played very well. And it was really – Illinois, from you know, watching at a distance, it just seems like they're, they're – have uh, just continued to get better throughout the season. And, and their, their evolution, I don't think, has been so much what Kofi and I have done. I, I just think the other guys have gotten a lot better. I mean, Corbello early in the season seemed like a turnover machine. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, he's been a lot more crisp and, and without losing his – his flair and his clever play, and, and obviously he's been a big piece. And then bringing a guy as good as uh, Demonte, you know, Williams and Georgia Benishvili off the bench. I mean, I there's hardly I know I don't even know if I don't even think Gonzaga has sixth and so-called sixth and seventh men who are as good as that. So the, the um, you know Illinois certainly has it probably has the you know maybe the two best players on the floor against almost every opponent. But their their supporting cast is is really good. I mean, Trent Frazier, he, for all we know, if he'd been on another team, he might have been an All Big Ten player this year. 
Let me uh, read some numbers for you. During one stretch of the Big Ten season, starting with a game against Indiana, starting with a game against Penn State, I guess it is, he scored 7, 4, 5, 14, 0. That was against Maryland in a loss. 8. I mean, he, Frazier wasn't playing very well. I mean, he was playing good defensively, but he wasn't doing anything. And then all of a sudden, he turned that. And he had, uh, you know, 22 points at Michigan State in a loss. I mean, he, he was, he's been a different scorer lately. And, I, and I, I tend to do like you just did. I tend to overlook him. You know, I tend to think about Corbello. I tend to think about other guys. And yet Fraser's just been a huge factor lately. And, and uh, he'll have, a, you know, another tough assignment defensively in, in, in this game. The, the one thing I want to ask you about is can Crutwicks hang with Kofi at the center position? I didn't see anything about Crutwig yesterday that scared me at all. And he's, he's an interesting guy. He's, he's, almost, he's a quite the distributor. I'm not sure what his assist numbers are, but he's a, he's a really interesting figure in that he's almost a, almost a pass-first center, and, and, um, and, and Loyola keeps you know fooling people. I, I see by the latest Ken Palm analytics, I think Loyola is third in the country in defensive efficiency, and, and Illinois is fourth. So uh, I, I don't know if they're going to have some kind of a – of a slugfest, but, uh, but this Illinois team is, is really versatile. I mean, they can, they can play half court offense and defense if that's the way it goes, but boy, they can, they can, uh, they can blow you out of the venue, uh, in a few minutes as, as they did, you know, early in the second half, uh, yesterday against Drexel. Uh, I mean, that was, that, uh, that escalated quickly. Maybe this isn't a fair question because I know how it is when you're covering one team in an NCAA tournament uh, situation after the game's over. You don't see the next game necessarily. You're you're trying to get quotes and get uh, stuff written and uh, put together. But was there anything about yesterday as a whole that uh, surprised you more than something else maybe? Was it the Ohio State and Purdue losses perhaps? Yeah, probably those two. And I know it's uh, – and I know and, and we live in an age of hot takes – and and now all, and now the Big Ten is is a national punching bag. But I also got to think, you know, all three of those guys, all three of those games were in overtime. You know, so that so that's so that's one thing. And then you know, Illinois obviously looked very good. Rutgers won a big uh, NCAA tournament game for the first time in 38 years, and Wisconsin, you know, blew out North Carolina. So how bad is the Big Ten really? Right. I, I don't know. We just we just tend to overreact to everything. And uh, I you know I think we'd be well served to kind of see how things play out a little bit. Hey, David, we appreciate your time uh, on, on uh, not as much sleep as I'm sure you would like to have had last night. Uh, so thanks for making time for us. Well, I got to ask Lauren one question because I always thought this was indeterminate. Who does he think is the greatest player in Illini basketball history? Because I, I always thought that there was never really an answer to that. Might be an answer after this season. Is that dodging the question? Uh, no, I, no, that isn't. I, I don't mean, know that anybody has, you know. It, I mean, I I look back at uh, at Harper and I look back at Nick Anderson and I look back a, a long way, all the way back to you know the to the red curtain. I think Kirk couldn't have held up against this guy, Kofi. I mean, you know, it's just uh, I think Io might be, but uh, you know, I I I don't think it's good to make a decision when in the middle of a you know in the middle of a tournament or middle of a season because. You're affected so much by what you just saw lately, you know? 
That's yeah. a, I still think it's indeterminate. I mean, you could probably throw Andy Phillip in that mix. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know Harper Harper, and uh, and Darren Williams have been the Illinois' two best NBA players, but the best college player Illinois has ever had, I, I, just don't, I just don't think it's an obvious selection. Yeah, and the, the thing about Harper and Darren is they weren't as freshmen and they weren't really as sophomores, but as juniors, they were really good, you know, and they just kept getting better. So some guys, you know, some guys come in like Kiwan and D. And they're as good almost as in freshman year as they were in their senior year. I mean, mm-hmm. how do you judge? I mean, how, improvement or, or how, how good you were all the way through? It's, it's a tough one. I, I don't know the answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, well, David. That's, that, that, that's, that's the best answer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, David, thanks for your time. Uh, good to talk to you. And maybe we'll do it again uh, soon here as the uh, tournament winds on. Thanks. Okay, thanks for having me on, guys. You bet. David Woods from the Indianapolis Star at 931. We'll take a time out and be back, talk some more basketball, whatever else might be on your mind after this on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Stay with us. Moving up on 934, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. With Lauren Tate, I'm Steve Kelly. We're with you until 1045 this morning. Illinois baseball comes your way at that time, pregame show. Ahead of an 11 o'clock first pitch in Ann Arbor, Michigan against the Wolverines. Illinois baseball team will also play Michigan State today. Illinois volleyball on the air later tonight as well. Another busy day, and of course, uh, that continues tomorrow with Illinois basketball in the NCAA tournament. Second round against the Loyola Ramblers at Bankers Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. 11 o'clock is the start, and... You've got the, when you look at uh, the announced team tomorrow, you, you talked about primetime and all that. You've got the first team. You've got Nance and Raftery doing the game. So that's a pretty good sign of what they think about that time slot. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I just was surprised that it's that early, but, I, I mean, it's Sunday and, and um, there's a lot of games on, <laughs> and I just thought this would, might be the, the number one game because in the state of Illinois it certainly is, but right. maybe from – from a national standpoint, I think it would be, too. It's just a natural, uh, highly uh, – it, it's it's a it's a absolute perfect game for the tournament because of the all the things surrounding it. I, I, I just keep thinking about that, that battle at center because I saw Crutwig was named to a third-team All-America team earlier uh, this month or a few days ago, and I, I just uh, – I can't see where he stacks up with Kofi now. He might – Shocked me because I, we all know that he was on a team that made the Final Four when he was a freshman. Yep, he's got and, some clever little moves inside. He looks like he ought to be playing at the the YMCA Sunday League. You know, yeah, he he's he's strong and he's wide, but Kofi's stronger and wider. Right. <laughs> and you know the thing that I worry about with Kofi is I don't know how the officials are going to call him because sometimes when he turns to put the ball in, just the the mere his mere movement when he when he turns he knocks guys around and. He's so much stronger than everybody else, and and I I know that he had a he had, a, he had one layup where he just absolutely knocked the guy <laughs> five feet away. Guys aren't used to slender guys aren't used to that kind of force against them. We've got and, the f- and I worry that the officials are going to re- respond to that. We've got the phone line open two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. If you want to jump in here, I almost called you late in the game. Uh, I didn't want to put the jinx on it, but the game was out of reach anyway. But that was maybe the first game I'd watched in a long time 
that I didn't even notice the officials in yeah. the game. Yeah, that's There true. were 19 fouls called total mm-hmm. as opposed to 40 in one of those yeah. Big Ten games late. Yeah, it didn't really. It, there were a couple of times, like you said, I thought, well, there's a whistle. But there was no whistle. They, they definitely let him play. Well, it just depends on who you get. By the way, it's interesting, you know, that six of the officials had to go home because of the virus. And and uh, yet, I, I, I suppose if we were concerned about one team greatly that we would see something wrong with the officiating, because you always do. But in, in, when you win by 30, uh, you don't notice it so much. In that uh, game yesterday, Io another double-double for mm-hmm. him. Kofi uh, led the way in scoring with 18. Io had 17. Frazier, 11. Adam Miller, 10. And Grandison and Curbelo each had eight. Let me tell you a number that's really important. Five turnovers. Yes. That's good. That's really good if you can hold them down that way. And 19 assists. 19. So they were They were helping each other. This was just a... Uh, just a really well-played game against Drexel, and and it, it went uh, pretty easy. It was 23-17 uh, when uh, Darren Williams hit a, a three. Well, actually, he had a 20-footer. It wasn't quite a three-pointer. And I, then Iowa hit a jump shot, and then Georgie got a hook shot, and the next thing you know, Illinois was on a run. It was 39-21 at the half, and uh, the Illini at that point were 18 out of 33 for 54%. And then they went on from there and, and started the second half. Iowa shot a technical foul. Uh, somebody wasn't listed in the book for Drexel, I guess. And the next thing you know, uh, Fraser had a fast break, and the line and were off and rolling again with Kofi scoring early in that second half, and it was a rout. Don't get excited, Illini fans. It was not Darren Williams. It was, it was DeMonte. <laughs> you, you said Darren. Oh, dear. Did I say Darren? <laughs> That's Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that, that'd be all right, too, wouldn't it? Well, you know, I'm liable to do Seth. Well, we were just talking Demonte, about... Monte, I, I apologize. <laughs> we, we were just talking about Darren <laughs> right before that. Let's uh, go to the phones, and uh, John is calling from Huntsville, Alabama. Hey, John. Good morning, gentlemen. A uh, uh, quick question here. Um, I had to go get my vaccination yesterday during the game. So I got my phone and so I can stream on the way and listen. Are they not letting you stream during this? That's correct. The Westwood okay. One owns the radio rights, and uh, they, in conjunction with the NCAA, do not allow the the local networks or the team networks to uh, stream. We can stream the local pre- and post-game show, but we cannot stream the network content. Now, one thing I don't know, and I didn't even try to see, is whether or not Westwood One itself is doing any streaming. I doubt it. But uh, they don't allow the individual schools to do it. Right. I, I got like two different streaming apps. Neither one of them came in. I thought, they're not letting them stream. So then I went to Sirius and searched on Sirius because I got that on my phone in the car and uh, I got it on Sirius. Right. So if anybody's looking for it, they can get it on Sirius. That That's the actual broadcast. Uh, from NCAA, I guess. Okay. John, right, thanks. thanks. Yeah, appreciate the call. If you want to join us, 356-9397-217 is the uh, number there. Back to that start time tomorrow. CBS gets to pick. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they they pick the game. They've got that. They can pick what start time they want and who they, what game they want, and then they work in conjunction with 
And that's why we didn't know till 2 o'clock this morning <laughs> or when it was. What They wanted to wait to see how, how all the games came out, who all was uh, matched up with who and so forth. So they went there. So that'll be interesting. I, I, you know, f- from your standpoint, you could play 18 holes in the morning, watch the game, and then go out in the afternoon and play some more. <laughs> well... Maybe that's what I'll do. I got a problem with all these other games. I'm kind of interested in some of them. I just can't get away from the TV. You know, I I hadn't planned on after the Illinois game and after, you know, listening to the press conference and doing some stuff and doing a little work, I hadn't planned to sit there all evening and watch. But then I thought, what else am I going to watch? Well, I had a couple. I was flipping back and forth. And I like the, by the way, I like the way that the games are separated a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it seems a little more doable to sit there and watch multiple games. Let me tell you how you can see an awful lot of basketball and uh, in in short amount of time. And that's tape them and run through the timeouts and run through the free throws and run through the halftime. And you'd be surprised. You can watch a game in 45 minutes, a whole game. You might Oops. miss something. You miss what they're saying. But uh, you don't, you, you'll get the, the major portion of the game. We had a texter uh, text in and say that uh, Westwood One is streaming. He okay. said he said game, so I don't know if they're streaming a feature game or if they're streaming all games, but uh, start to finish. So keep uh, investigating. Uh, certainly, uh, you've got it on TV. We'd love to have uh, be in a situation where we could give you the the call of Brian Barnhart and Deion Thomas on streaming, and we've done that all season long. Used to be we couldn't uh, we couldn't even do that locally but uh, we got that straightened out and and we're able to do that but uh, so keep checking it out uh, maybe uh, put in Westwood one as a as a search item and see what you come up with 942-217-356-9397 is the phone line so let's go back to the phones Eric is with us from the state of Maryland hey Eric good morning hey good morning guys how you doing good Hey, uh, just got to – I still think they're going to make it to the Final Four, so I'm going to be scalping tickets or – I'll be there somehow. I don't know how I'll get a ticket. It, it looks like the first level, like what would be the A part of uh, Assembly Hall State Farm Center, there's nobody close to the to the players. So is that going to be the case at the Final Four where that lower ring is going to be off limits to fans and you're going to have to sit in the bleeders? You know that? That's my first question, and then I want to make one comment. Well, the, the Final Eight – uh, the Elite Eight on in, final eight teams will be playing in the Lucas Oil. That's what I'm told. And um, you know what the seating's like there. That's the same as in the Big Ten. The Big gotcha. Ten tournament. And then my question for uh, technique against Illinois. If I'm playing Illinois, I am packing it in on Kofi. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yep. doing a boxing one, and, and I'm following Io. I'm making him go left to the center of the mm-hmm. court, mm-hmm. not not getting on the wings. And uh, that's how I would defend Illinois. And if Kofi got it low, I'd be hacking him every chance I could get. But I would I would I would really double team, triple team Kofi with the zone, and then play a man on man with uh, Io, making him go left towards the center of the court. And then I'd 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 just bank on Miller being cold and Frazier not being able to hurt you so I, I mean they got a lot of weapons but if I'm my I think the best chance for a team to beat Illinois is double and triple down Kofi and take away his inside presence and that's what everybody tries to do you you've just uh, given the scouting report that everybody uses Michigan State uh, had an even better one they just fouled him every time they fouled out two well, guys and had a third guy thrown out and had a fourth center still available 
Right. Well, if they they do that, I think you got to get Demonte Williams. He he seems automatic from that wing area. He just plants himself in that wing. He can hit a set shot three almost at will. It seems like this year. Yeah. So, well, you got to guard him. Uh, you got to keep a guy on yep. him. Any other uh, strategies you think if you were playing against Illinois, Lawrence? Well, no, I I would try a zone. I would I I just would be, just to see what happens. I Illinois has been successful against everything, uh, so you know when you win fifteen out of sixteen or whatever it is they've won, I, you're doing something right. Everybody's tried everything, and uh, you know I I've seen stretches of time when Io doesn't score and the Illini still seem to do all right. He's not exactly he's not scoring in the thirties anymore like he did early in the season, and but uh, they've balanced it out pretty well, I think. The, the, Illini, uh, the only thing is that uh, I think the biggest thing to me, the, the biggest difference in the last half, Steve, you, you comment to this, is Curbella. When he comes in the game, uh, there's this throwing uh, Io over in the corner and letting him run the, run the team. And then they bring Io out of that left corner, and he's going to his right, and it's awful hard to stop him there. I'm glad for Curbelo's sake that that pass between the uh, defender's <laughs> legs worked out okay because it was perfect. I'm not just, I think I got a pretty good idea where he'd be sitting if it didn't. And then Kofi even commented after the game. He said, I saw what he was thinking, and the next thing I knew, the ball was in my hand. <laughs> he said, he's not hey, going to try that. One more thing, guys. If you can get some news down to the coaches or Underwood, tell Cabrillo to wear his headband. My daughter was like, that guy's got to wear his headband. He's a lot better with his headband. So <laughs> I know he didn't have his headband on last game, and I think he needs to start wearing that for every game. All right. Thanks, Eric. We appreciate the call from uh, Maryland. Let's go to another Eric. This one in Champaign. Go ahead. Hey, guys. I just, uh, a couple of interesting things. You know, a, a year ago today was actually when everything in Illinois just completely shut down. I was looking back on some, some timelines, and I couldn't believe that. Because when you looked around yesterday, like bars and everything in, on campus, they were packed with people. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. actually nice to see. <laughs> But, um, you know, a couple of things. I'm so impressed with how the NCAA really put this thing together. I mean, you couldn't have found a better city if you tried than Indianapolis or, mm -hmm. you know, Indiana for this whole thing, it seems. You know, the, uh, this, the way it's set up and all that. And how do they manage to get every hotel that they needed for, you know, each team has got their own floor and every player's got their own room and all that. It's just logistically, I don't know how they were able to pull that off. And well, they started 60 days ago, time. I guess is a couple of months yeah. ago they started and they arranged right. it. I mean, you're right about Indianapolis. Indianapolis has been a center spot for a lot of uh, events. It isn't just uh, this mm -hmm. basketball. They're, I think they were more prepared for this than almost any city in the country. I think so. And it's a big deal for them to, to do and this. basketball yeah. matters over there. Exactly. It really does. Even, you know, uh, I hate to say this, but I think they're more rabid than we are in you Illinois. Think? I think they are. That's my <laughs> 11 years of living over there and going to the state tournament every year. I think that uh, I saw that. And, of course, that's a lot of years ago, and, and things can change. But you see what's happening uh, in terms of firing coaches and, and that sort of thing in Indiana. I mean, they just had to get rid of Archie. I mean, he just didn't get him in, state, in, in the tournament. He's got to go. And Illinois has fired coaches, too, I understand. But I think Indiana, since Bob Knight, they've been pretty fanatic. I mean, before Bob Knight, but particularly during the Knight era. Anything else, Eric? 
Well, I was just gonna, one, other, one other thing was uh, I, I was thinking Wisconsin and Michigan State had a decent advantage playing in Mackey because they're you know sort of familiar with the fight lines and all that. And Wisconsin, I know they, they haven't played that good all year. That was their best game by uh, a mile. There's so. no explanation. You know what Wisconsin's even... record in Mackey Arena is? <laughs> really bad. <laughs> Four and forty-four going into the last night. <laughs> Oh, come on. I'm serious. Where'd you find that? I don't know, but I didn't dream it. I know that, but uh, I, that's why I thought, well, it is true. you might want to pick them to, to be upset, but they looked really there, good. There's absolutely no explanation. I mean, he, Davidson looked like a first-team All-American in that game. He was sensational, mm-hmm. and we've watched him play all. He hadn't had anything even approximating a game like that. He was hitting right. jump shots with guys all over him. Hey, Eric, good stuff. Thanks for the call. Thanks. Some updated information on this uh, uh, streaming situation. Ed Bond tells me that uh, Westwood One is streaming all games. And we had a texter say he was able to stream the game at NCAA.com, which would be the Westwood One uh, broadcast. So there's a couple of ways to, to investigate that. And our good friend Steve Lehman, who works in television in Nashville, checked in with me and said the first two games tomorrow that were picked by CBS have no competition. The games on the other networks don't start until oh. after those first two games. So they got the, the two, what you would call primetime games, with, with no uh, no chance for you to... I understand better every minute. It does. And with Jim Nance and, uh, and Bill Raftery on the call of the Illini game. So it's all making sense now, isn't it? <laughs> it's starting to. Thanks, yeah. Lamo, for checking in with us. And we need to talk to uh, Steve Lehman that some point here on the show. Let's go to Bob in uh, Champaign, or rather Bob in Urbana. Go ahead, Bob. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, it was interesting yesterday to watch Io just kind of be in the background in that game, and he was in within three uh, assists of having a triple-double in that game because he had the rebounds, he had the points, and then I think he had six or seven assists, and Grandison had one where he gave it right to him, and he didn't go up, and he missed the next sh- that shot, but then he mm-hmm. made the one that that he slammed, dunked on. and But Iowa was just uh, that close to another triple-double in his career uh, at, at, the, at the NCAA tournament. So I thought that was interesting. And then if, if Loyola shoots 11 threes or more, I think, I think we might have a tough game. So You mean if they make 11 or more? If they make 11 or more. They were yeah. doing that yesterday. And they were, if they're, those guys are open, they're, they're a little bit like DeMonte. If they're open, uh, they can hit threes. And they had four guys that hit three or more shots in that game yesterday. And that, that proves to me that we haven't run up against anybody. Now, we've seen individuals, Trice, was really good, and, and Washington was really good, but we haven't seen anybody that puts up that kind of three-point shooting on us uh, maybe all year long, and so I was con- I'm was i concerned about that. Well, I so, think the one thing you, you, I, that I feel about this is that Kofi will go one-on-one with Crutwig, and then the other, five, the other four guys will all be working their tails off to stop the three-point shot. And, yes. and we've got the quickness with Miller, and we've got the quickness with Frazier, and the quickness with Io that'll be all over those guys trying to make those three-point shots. I like Illinois' chances in the way this stacks up. As you analyze opponents, Illinois is, it seems to me Illinois is always better when the other team has a big center who is not a runaround guy. 
Right. And and Crutwig is not a runaround guy. I mean, he's he's going to be posting up deep, uh, very much like Dickinson, I suppose. And, right. And I do know that he does pass, and you can't fall back on him when he has the ball because he he's a good, he's an excellent, he's probably the best passer of a center that you'll see. He's a left-hander, and he really fires the ball out quick. And so you got when the ball goes in deep, you can't be worrying about what's happening behind you. You've got to stay on your man. On your man, right, right, exactly. And then in the next game, if we can get by uh, this game tomorrow, then Oklahoma State didn't look – they they at times didn't look uh, as good as I thought they would. Cade Cunningham was kind of having a tough game. Yeah, three out of 14, he wasn't good. He wasn't very good, I mean, so I, he can be controlled if you put a defensive person on him. I don't know and about then, that. Uh, he might break out with, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Right. And then, then Baylor Baylor looked pretty good. They they look aggressive. They, they're getting their mojo back, I think, after being off with COVID. They look pretty good, and I haven't seen Gonzaga yet, but Gonzaga is probably still the number one out there. So Illinois got their, their work cut out for them just to get to the Final Four, but I think you're right. I think we can get there. Uh, and then it's up. Then it's a, a game, you know. Then our guys will do what they need to do to to make it a game. So, thanks for taking my call. Yep, one game at a time, <laughs> Bob. Let's go to Howard in Champaign. Hey, Howard, you're on the air with us. Uh, Lauren, do you know anything about basketball recruiting for next year? Yeah, I do. What do you want to know? Yeah, what's what's going on? Who? Well, they they've got a couple guys already. Yeah, they got. And they're going to get more. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. Ty Ty Washington is is available now after uh, being uh, after decommitting from Creighton, and they've got uh, they they're in on several other guys. And I their problem that they have to know. Here's the problem: they got to know for sure about Fraser and Demonte. Okay, sure. You got to know how many openings you got. Are Fraser and Demonte coming back? And uh, Kofi. Well, of course, and but I don't think we're going to be able to learn about Kofi very soon. Do you? Probably not. I mean, I think that's going to be a wait and see, and that's going to be the, the tough part of Illinois basketball recruiting because you've got to have a center. I mean, Georgia's the only real center they got right now, and uh, so they've got to they've got to find another center somewhere if Kofi doesn't come. Now, if Kofi's coming back, and I'm a center, I'm not coming because I know I'm not going to play right. So they've got to know that. But right now, as it stands, what I think is happening, and I can only tell you what I think, I think Fraser and DeMonte are, com- are going to come back. I didn't think that a month ago, but I think it now. And I thought all along that they probably Well, can you imagine if you're Fraser having any more fun in your life than playing for Illinois basketball next year? And hopefully and full houses next year. Yeah. I mean. On a very good team. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're an NBA player that's a different thing i was an nba player and he's can make money and he, if he's a first round draft boy he's got a guaranteed contract and you know you don't turn that down but uh fraser well, if frank if frank has anything to say with it demonte will be back well i yeah but i think this is demonte's decision and i think he's decided i i just think they're going to come back i don't i don't think they necessarily want to go to school anymore but i think they want to play basketball and i think that's the driving force in this the reason I bring it up is you ask about recruiting. And I, if I'm Underwood, I can't fully commit to certain things until I know if those two guys are coming back. Yeah, I understand, yeah. I had a thought the other night after uh, – I'll throw this to you, Lauren. Uh, after watching Izzo walk off the floor under the tunnel there, 
I got, I'm going to make a prediction that between now and basketball season next year, Izzo is going to retire sometime during the summer. He's 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 done the same thing that you saw uh, dozens of times, dozens of times. He has overreacted toward players. He's overreacted toward any number. And if you listen to any former uh, Michigan State player, there, that's just normal Izzo. Normal Izzo. I, I know the kid missed an assignment. Nah, I'm telling. Don't even think about that incident. It happens all the time. It happens in every game. Yeah, I mean yeah. He's, that's normal Izzo. Don't yeah. don't think that's going to change anything. Did the did the Big Ten office ever uh, do anything about the thug that took out Iowa in that game up there? You know the answer to that. No, I I, I saw him in a huddle the other night. No, no, no. They didn't do anything. All right, Howard. Yep, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Speaking of recruiting, Illinois picked up a verbal commitment yesterday for a 2022 basketball player named Reggie Bass, yep. 6'5 combo guard, averaging about 20 points. Playmaker. Six rebounds, six assists. He's playing at a place called Elevation Prep in Fort Wayne, Indiana. He's originally from Muncie, Indiana. Played last year in Chattanooga. I can't follow it. <laughs> I, you know what worries me about guys that jump around in high school? They often jump around in college. Well, it's never been easier to jump around in college. You bet. Than it is right now. I, I've thrown out this number several times. In a two-day period, just about two or three days ago, in a two-day period, 125 guys entered the portal. Well, as their seasons ended. <laughs> as their seasons <laughs> And, boy, when when this uh, when these 68 teams are all – all uh, done playing, and how many? How many? How how many more than a thousand will we have in the portal? I don't know. How 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 far will it go? I mean, it went to eight hundred when they couldn't play uh, automatically the next season. These are uncharted territories. Oh man, is it ever? We've and, been and, saying that for a year. And, and if you're Underwood, and you're looking for players, how can you take a high school recruit when you've got maybe some star? I've seen a couple guys that averaged eighteen, twenty points a game. Carr averaged 19 points a game for Minnesota. I mean, would you take Carr? Would anybody not take Carr? Exactly. He, I mean, he's the second team all Big Ten player. And first team midway through the season, probably. Absolutely. He, he kind of tailed off, as did yep. Minnesota. Yeah. I had him all along and, until maybe three-quarters of the way through on my first team. I don't know how you can I don't know how you can take a lot of players this time of year when they're going to – if you wait just three weeks, you're going to have another thousand that right. you can look at that have experience and, that, and you know who, who they are. Hour number one of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk is in the books. We'll keep the phone lines open for the uh, next 45 minutes. Again, we're off a little bit early today due to fighting Illini baseball at Michigan. So get your calls in, and we're back with hour number two after this on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Join the program by calling 217 217- 356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357 Here again are your hosts Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly And welcome back to the show on the first day of spring we have 36 degrees and sunshine right now in central Illinois and it feels like 28 <laughs> with a little bit of a breeze, if you're keeping track of that. But at least the sun's out, right? I appreciate the sun. We do have the phone lines open. We'll keep them open during our guests here in the second hour. And the uh, first guest 
is Scott Ritchie, who was courtside yesterday over in Indianapolis to watch uh, the Illini. Maybe not courtside, but in the building at least. <laughs> how, how was your seat over there, Scott? Yeah, definitely not courtside. I think, in fact, I was as high as you could be um, at Farmers Coliseum, which is admittedly not that high up. But uh, it was just nice to be there. Uh, there's, you know, five media credentialed per team, so uh, kind of slim pickings on, you know, the, the availability there. But, yeah, it was just I mean, it was my first ever NCAA tournament game as a, a beat writer, so that was, uh, you know, kind of exciting, even if it was an entirely strange. You're, you're walking in the high cotton to be one of the <laughs> one of the top five pick there, huh? Sure, I guess. <laughs> we'll go with that, right? Yeah. So what did you think of the game? Illinois started off a little slowly, but then took control. It didn't take long for that. But your your thoughts on on the game briefly on that, and then what you think uh, might lie ahead tomorrow against Loyola? Yeah, well, even with the, the slower start yesterday, uh, defensively Illinois was the same as it's been here in the last several weeks. And, you know, their defense it kind of you know kept things even at least because, you know, uh, Drexel was playing you know, really well in the beginning minutes of the game. Then, you know, once Illinois just got a little bit of rhythm offensively, getting you know getting out in transition was huge for them. But it, it was over at that point, and uh, you know that they managed to maintain kind of that level of play to start the second half as they did to kind of start building their lead at the end of the first was was important. And then you know, it just became kind of you know one of those ho hum one over sixteen games that we see uh, a lot of the time in the NCAA tournament. And then tomorrow uh, against the uh, ninth seed Loyola team, um, you'll be in a real basketball, not that yesterday's arena wasn't a real basketball arena, but you'll be in a really nice one tomorrow at Bankers Life Fieldhouse for that 11-10 start. Uh, Size it up. How do you think uh, that game will go? Yeah, it could be interesting because it's, going to be two of the top five defenses in the country going at each other. So, and you know, every possession will have a premium on it. And that's especially true when you consider, you know, how good both teams are at denying offensive rebounding opportunities, you know, Loyola ranks second, Illinois 10th, and really the numbers aren't that far apart from, from two to 10, but like you have to make your chances on offense count. You know, either way, um, I guess you know, the matchup. I think I don't know. Everyone's kind of looking forward to is Kofi Coburn versus Cameron Crutwig, and you know, Kofi obviously has the the size advantage that he has on essentially everyone in college basketball. But uh, yeah, Cameron Crutwig is kind of like a a throwback, tricky big, where and just kind of does it all for Loyola. Um, it'd be interesting to see kind of how he responds to Kofi and maybe how. Kofi defends a guy that can be kind of crafty in the post and is a really good passer out of the post as well. Um, that could sort of you know, test Illinois' defense a little bit. But, um, I don't know, with no state championship in Illinois for high school basketball, we, we got one with <laughs> Illinois and Loyola. I mentioned, uh, I think I said Loyola is the nine. They're actually the eighth seed in that 8-9 game yesterday against Georgia Tech. Lauren? Well, I, I just, uh, looking back at Loyola, I, I'd like to know a little bit more what you thought about them and the fact that Georgia Tech didn't have their star player. Uh, I, I, maybe this plays out 
to Illinois' advantage. Maybe Georgia Tech would have been better uh, had they been able to put their whole team together. What's your reaction to that? I don't disagree. The way Georgia Tech played to end the, their regular season, you know, the run they made in the ACT tournament, you know, if they would have had Moses Wright, who was you know the ACC Player of the Year, maybe that game is different. And not that you know Cameron Crowder didn't like dominate. You know, Georgia Tech without right there, but it would have been an interesting post matchup, and yeah, maybe Illinois did benefit there, but not that you know, Loyola is still going to be a you know a test, and you know Crowell is obviously kind of their their top guy, um, but you know they've got a pretty experienced team, and you know, they start several seniors. Uh, yeah, I saw. I where... still think though that Illinois Illinois playing better than anybody in the country right now. So it's going to be, be tough for Loyola to maybe pull the upset. Any reaction uh, on your part to the surprises from yesterday, the the way Purdue played against North Texas, the way Wisconsin uh, just broke out against Carolina, the, uh, any Ohio State's lost to Oral Roberts. What's uh, It's a tournament, and I know it's one game and you're out, but it, those are pretty big surprises, weren't they? Yeah, although I would say like Wisconsin's win surprised me more than either the Ohio State or the Purdue loss, just because you know, heading into the tournament, tournament everyone was sort of like the the whisper in the background was like you know beware of Oral Roberts, and turns out that was true. And uh, North Texas was playing well at the end of their se- regular season to get to the tournament. Um, and I like you know their guard you know, that, that let them. But Wisconsin over the last month and a half like hadn't beaten any top half team in the Big Ten. Like, mm-hmm. they just they kind of beat up on the Penn States and Northwesterns and Nebraska's of the world. And, you know, North Carolina was playing better, you know, when heading into the tournament. But I guess when you start, like, a bunch of 25-year-olds, not, I mean, not quite, but essentially, uh, yeah. the, well, a ton of freshmen, maybe that still does make a difference. I think we're all overlooking the fact that North Carolina players had to study during the- <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were in Annapolis. That wasn't hardly fair. No wonder they couldn't play well. They had to, they had to study for their classes. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. I'm not sure I want to touch that one. Now, I, I kind of picked up on that. Uh, we're talking basketball with Scott Ritchie. We do have the phone lines open, and Lynn is with us in Urbana. Lynn, what's on your mind? I kind of picked up on that. Well, the first thing was, was um, I was curious. I just tuned in. How are your brackets doing? Okay. And uh, you need to turn down whatever you're listening to and uh, just kind of listen to me on the phone, if you would. Uh, you, I think okay. you may be listening on the computer. I can't tell for sure or the radio, but go ahead now. I got it. I- well, she asked about brackets, and I didn't fill one out. Did you? No, I did not. No. No, I I didn't even. What? I didn't even think about it. I usually one. don't. Actually, I. I well, just. My set. My real question is, um, I'm just frustrated with how Illinois doesn't get the prime TV coverage that they were on TBS. Um, what they're a one seed. Why were, you know, why were some teams that were in the middle of the in the rankings on CBS and not Illinois? I just feel like we don't get a fair shake. I don't know what to say to that. I think there are four networks that are involved in this and all controlled by CBS. Would you think that an Illinois game against Drexel would be a big 
Um, would have great viewer after the first ten minutes. No, nope. I mean that's the problem. I mean you have. I think what I think they would rather have a, a more competitive game than a lopsided game. Now they didn't know it was going to be lopsided, but but uh, I think that might have been a projection. So where's tomorrow's game going to be shown on CBS? Great, and okay. it has no competition. Yeah I, feel, yeah, I feel like Illinois has no. This doesn't get the respect that they deserve, and uh, they're kind of biased. You know, all year long, they they were never on CBS. I know probably because of BTN rules, but it's just frustrating to see such a good team not get the national coverage that they should be getting. Let me say to you that they've gotten incredible national coverage this year, beginning right from the start when Andy Katz picked them to be a top four team, and I'm I'm stunned at how much national uh, they got. I, I think you're wrong in that. Well, we're in the they're in the prime time. Steve, what's your opinion? You I really agree. I, I agree. I think, uh, and you you know you can't be on CBS every game, um, but uh, you know I guess if you want to play with that and use it as motivation, you can. But I don't I don't think uh, that's a factor at all. I think it's been very fair all season long. Yeah, I think a lot of people just kind of take Gonzaga for for granted. I know they get a lot of publicity, but they earn it when you're when you're number one in the country. You're going to get it. But I think Illinois has moved all the way to number two. You don't get the number two ranking in AP unless a whole bunch of people across the land have voted for you. And I think that the, that the the networks react to how the uh, the, the rankings. I mean, they're. You know, I think uh, I think we're seeing it in a lot of ways, and I definitely know we're seeing it in recruiting. Illinois has moved way up that ladder. Scott Ritchie, Loyola is twenty-five and four, I believe. Now, have you had a chance to to kind of look down their schedule and digest uh, their level of competition throughout the season? I mean, the, the tough thing about it, and this season in particular, was was mostly Missouri Valley. Uh, they did play, you know, looks like six non-conference games. You know, they Played at Wisconsin uh, in mid-December, lost by 14. Lost on a neutral court to Richmond back when Richmond was, you know, kind of a thing nationally. You know, they'd beaten Kentucky early in the year you know, before really falling off. But then uh, the rest of their non-conference schedule it's not great. Uh, beat almost Chicago, um, but then a couple non-D1 Chicago State, which ended up just shuttering the team for the year. Um, did beat North Texas, I guess that's now maybe that was one of their best wins. Right. Um, but, but, you know, kind of just did their thing in the Missouri Valley and, you know, beat Drake two out of three times between the regular season and then you know, in the NBC tournament. So, you know, they've, they've shown that they can compete. And obviously the advanced numbers kind of show that even against, you know, mostly mid-major opponents, it, they still put together uh, a really – a really efficient season, I guess. We were talking um, recruiting just a little bit ago before we brought you on. We had a, a text come in asking about uh, the recruitment of uh, Namari Burnett, and he is certainly somebody that Illinois is interested in. Any update on what you're hearing about him? From everything I understand, he's looking at an April decision, um, so probably like post-tournament, just kind of when the season has wrapped. And I mean... I would assume who, like, he is going to leave. I mean, nothing officially has been said, of course, but, I mean, he went through senior night as a junior, so I think that sort of sets a tone for what's next. But you know, maybe Namari just wants to make sure because those are the minutes that he wants. And 
the minutes that he didn't necessarily get at Texas Tech this year before he decided to transfer. Um, yeah, he's like certainly at the top of Illinois' list to kind of round out the continue to round out the roster for next season. Um, just as a maybe a smooth transition from from Io to to him, and obviously you know Io's proven himself at the college level. Namari Brandt's not done that yet, but uh, I think the potential is there for him to be another you know, really talented guard. Hey, Scott, appreciate the time. Keep up the good work in the News Gazette and online as well. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. You bet. Scott Ritchie with us, beat writer for the News Gazette for Illinois basketball. Quickly before the break, uh, let's go to Mark calling from Florida. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, good morning. I want to make a comment on three things that were said through the show today. One, uh, Lauren talking about uh, the enthusiasm, for, especially for high school basketball in Indiana. And knowing nothing about high school basketball in Indiana, I do know high school basketball in Illinois, or did. And what killed the enthusiasm for it is, of course, the class expansion. IHSA killed the tournaments by doing that. What do you think? They heard it, definitely. I mean, I, I don't uh, think there's any doubt about that. I mean, that Illinois is getting. I mean, the. Champagne Urbana is getting the tournament back, and they're getting a tournament that wasn't that was much better when they when it left here than when they, when they're getting it back. Yeah, I went for almost twenty years when it was two class, and you know it was fabulous. I mean, that yep. place was rocking. But, I agree. Uh, I know, agree. That, that's the main change. But the main thing is to let what, what we should have is twenty divisions and let everybody win. That's 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 my idea. Participation trophy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The second thing I want to comment on is uh, one man said that we haven't seen anybody like Loyola with the three-point shooters. Uh, Iowa, I have an answer for that. Yeah, Iowa, yeah, good point. Yeah, Iowa, yeah. much better. And then thirdly, uh, someone commented that uh, Izzo looked like he might want to retire. He's not retiring, trust me. He's got the players coming the next couple of years that I predict he will win a national championship. I don't know about that, but he's got awful good players coming. You're right about that. Yeah. Thank you, guys. That's all I had. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mark, good to hear from you. Thank you. Thanks for calling from Florida. 1018, we need to take a break. We'll be back with more Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. Stay with us. Moving up on 1021, a reminder, we're here in just until 1045 this morning. Illinois baseball will be on the air at that time. Illinois at Michigan in Ann Arbor, where the Illini won with four runs in the eighth inning last night to win by a score of 7-4 to four over the 22nd-ranked Michigan Wolverines. So if you want to jump in, uh, give us a call between now and 1045. Happy to welcome to the program, good friend of Lauren and myself, Bill Small with us. Mr. Small, how are you this morning? Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Steve. We were thought about you... Uh, when we first saw the bracket and the, the possibility of Illinois playing uh, Loyola in the NCAA tournament, that's only happened one time before. And you had a pretty good seat for that one on the court back in 1963. What do you remember about that game? Uh, Loyola won that game uh, by 14 or 15, I believe it was, and then went on to win the national championship. Anything that stands out about that ball game with you? My gosh, that was, what, 58 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't seem that long, but it was. Uh, yeah, that, that was uh, Loyola at that time. 
was an independent, you know, uh, along with DePaul and Marquette and Notre Dame. They were all independents, not in a conference, so they weren't really playing, you know, above the radar. They were just, you know, they, they were very good. Uh, we played them in the uh, <coughs> in the quarterfinals uh, the day, day before. Back then, they played the quarterfinals on a weekend, Friday night, Saturday night. Uh, Friday night, we played Bowling Green, had a tough game against Bowling Green. We beat them uh, uh, in the last couple of minutes. They were loaded with a couple of uh, pros, uh, Nate Thurman, Butch Comise. The next day, we played Loyola, who had beaten Mississippi State on Friday night. And uh, they came out and blitzed us early. I mean, they were really good. I mean, uh, other than the Ohio State team we played during uh, our three years at Illinois, they were probably the best defensive team we, we played against. Uh, very athletic, and they really took it to you. Uh, good defense, physical, good, great rebounders. And uh, they blitzed us early. And uh, the whole game, we were trying to get back into the game. We just couldn't make it. And I think we got beat by double digits. But uh, they were good. Uh, then they went on and, of course, uh, beat Cincinnati in overtime in the final game the NCAA tournament. And you had played Cincinnati, I believe, hadn't had you earlier in the season? We played Cincinnati in the Chicago Stadium. Uh, it was probably two days after we had won the national the, uh, in, uh, holiday festival tournament in New York. I don't know why they scheduled it, but it was two days after that. We played them on New Year's Eve in Chicago. No, I'm sorry, we didn't play, play Notre Dame on New Year's Eve. Two weeks later, we played Cincinnati. Cincinnati game was... Uh, the largest attendance uh, ever in Chicago Stadium uh, at that time. And Cincinnati was good. Of course, that was Tony Yates' team. And they had a heck of a final game with Loyola. Loyola beat them in the uh, championship game, the NCAA tournament, in overtime. Loyola was very good at that time. Uh, this this team now, uh, they don't compare with that team as far as quickness and strength. But this team here is very well coached. Uh, they played good defense. They got, what, two players that played in the Final Four championship game, so uh, they're not going to be intimidated. Uh, they got a good point guard uh, who I watched play yesterday who I, I was very impressed with, controls the ball very well. So uh, they're, they're going to give us a good ball game. They're going to give us a real good ball game. They don't make many mistakes, and uh, they like to play controlled. And if they get the three, they'll shoot the three. And if they're hot, they'll just they'll burn it. Well, Bill, this is Lauren. How do you how do you evaluate this Illinois team? You've seen a lot of teams over the over the years. Is this the best you've seen in a while? I th- I think so. I like it. I like the way they play. Uh, the only difference is I like the two hundred five team because of their uh, passing ability. The, the two thousand five team, they passed the ball around the perimeter and had the open man, ran back doors and had it. But that was the best passing team I think I've ever seen with the 2005 team. Uh, and, of course, the game has evolved since 2005 now with the, the high pick and roll and everybody driving in the basket and banging in everybody else and falling on the floor and, you know, trying to get the three-point play and what have you. But uh, this team is very good. And it's good because of its depth. Uh, that, that's, I think, is going to make the difference uh, tomorrow is that our, our depth uh, is very good. And uh, I, I think that will make the difference that we'll be able to beat the Loyola. I want to go back on you a little bit because uh, in, in looking at the scores when you played back in the 60s and, and go, going back into the 50s under Harry Combs, you played under Harry. Um, 
Why were the scores so much higher? Why were those numbers so much? Was there a difference in the way teams played defense? Was there just was everybody fast breaking all the time? Indiana, Iowa, Illinois were these. It just seems like the scores were. You went over a hundred a lot of times, and you don't see that today. Coaches let you play back then, Lord. I mean, you you knew Harry. Yeah. Uh, he let us play. I mean, we'd have a game plan. We'd go out, we'd jump ball, and we'd execute that game plan. He'd sit on the bench, and he wouldn't get up and slow us down and rant and rave and show this guy go that place and this guy go there. They let us play. We called our own plays. We got the ball. We'd go up and down. We couldn't go up and down. We'd come down. We'd run. We had maybe had two or three set plays. We'd run one of those and go from there. I think that's the game. It's it's more controlled now. Well, back then, uh, us in Indiana and Ohio State, we we get the ball, we go, and uh, uh, it was an exciting ball game. And, and believe it or not, we played defense. I mean, on half court defense, uh, my senior year, we were very good at half court defense. Well, the other thing, of course, is the three point shot. You would think the scores would be higher now. With the extra point given for all these three-point shots, you guys shot. I mean, you and Downey and others shot plenty of balls from that distance, didn't you? Oh yes, yeah. the guards did. Myself, I, I did. Uh, Indiana head coach Jimmy Rail, Ohio State had a couple players. Oh yeah, the, the three-point shot would have been back then. I think the game would have even been faster because they'd have let us shoot sooner. <laughs> they let us shoot sooner, and if we made it, that'd be an extra point. If not, we'd go to the board and try to put it back in. But that's correct. Uh, Another couple of minutes with uh, Bill Small, former Illinois basketball player, 61, 62, 63. You've seen a lot of good Illinois basketball players in your time, Bill. How do you rank Io? If we win it all, he'll be by far the best player. If we don't win it all, he's going to be right up there in the discussion. But it's it's different. You, you, Lauren, you, you saw... Uh, Harper play. You saw Nick Anderson play. You saw uh, Iowa playing now. It, it's a different game, isn't it? I mean, they go to the basket. Uh, back then, uh, Harper didn't drive that much, but uh, he sure could play the game. But uh, if we win, or even if we don't, if we get to Final Four, Iowa will be in that conversation. And the way things are now with, uh, with the attitudes and the opinions of people now, it, he'd be considered probably the best one. But there was been some good ones come through here. Who at this point do you look back and say so and so is the greatest player of all time at Illinois? Do you have a do you have a favorite? I mean, you mentioned Harper and and Nick. Who do you do you have a a strong feeling about it? It's difficult, Lawrence, because each each ten year cycle or each twenty year cycle is a little different, and the game was a little different at that time. And during those periods, you know, there were guys that stood out uh, in that era. Uh, you know, it's really, it's very difficult. I mean, you go back, you can name, you know, Witherspoon, Jones, you, you know, it's, you know, Fred Kerr, you talked to him about him before on the show today. Uh, you know, there's all kinds. But uh, I, I think right now, the way he's playing, uh, everything being equal, he's going to be in the conversation. But Harper and Nick Anderson were very good. Darren Williams was very good. In the era that they played, Dee Brown was good. You know, look what he did. The number of wins he had during his four years and, accomplishments he made. So, you know, it, it's very difficult to say. Bill, have you been on the golf course yet? <laughs> no, I'm waiting till uh, after April. You know, at my age and my aches and pains, I'm, I'm just taking it easy and waiting for the wind to stop blowing and 
September is a little higher. But a couple more weeks and I'll be out there. <laughs> All right. We always enjoy talking to you. But hopefully we'll see you at lunch one of these days soon, too, as well. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Go Alina. You bet. Thanks, Bill, Bill Small with us at 1030 here on News Talk 1400 DWS. I don't know if you've been thinking about any windows or doors at your home, but if you have... I would like to suggest a trip to the uh, Pella Window Store, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. Mike Mary and the folks at uh, Illini Pella have been assisting homeowners and businesses for a long time, and they do things the very right way. You know, there are a lot of things to consider when replacing windows and doors, things like security, comfort, convenience. Well, the Pella Window Store has many examples right there on the showroom floor in several styles and price ranges, entry doors, Sliding patio doors, hinge doors, storm doors, casement windows, double and single hung windows, all kinds of stuff there. You'll find them there at the Pella Window Store at North Country Fair Drive, 1001 North Country Fair Drive. Their hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, or check them out online at PellaOfChampagne.com. That's the Pella Window Store in Champagne. A quick break. Back with more. We'll keep the phone lines open on the line I Pella. Saturday Sports Talk after this. Moving up on 1034, we've got about eight or ten minutes left on the show today. We're getting off a little bit early for Fighting Illini Baseball. Got a couple of callers on hold with us, and if you'd like to call in, feel free to do so, but do so quickly if you would like to get in. Let's go to Bill and Rantoul. Good morning, Bill. Morning, guys. You're talking about passing centers. I remember when 68 or 67 today, I think it was, Wilt Chamberlain led the league in total. So after, you know, three years earlier, averaging 50 points a game. But my point is, uh, I guess the seniors that can come back, their scholarships count against the team. That's correct, right? Uh, no. Uh, they're allowed more than normal. They're uh, they're They count against, but, but they're, they're going to – I think that the rules are going to permit – Additional scholarships this year. Well, this year I only, I think. I think. Yeah. Well, I was hoping that was the case because it wouldn't be fair to the incoming seniors. And everybody says, "Well, this guy got a you know, a scholarship because he can play basketball." And I've always countered that argument with like a lot of these kids are inner city kids that don't have an opportunity. I says we can give a thousand of those inner city kids that face violence every day they go to school. Get him a scholarship, get him an education. Isn't that worth it? Because I'd hate to see the, you know, a lot of our basketball players are inner city kids that come from a tough life. Chester Frazier being a great example. Look what he's done with his life because he got a basketball scholarship. And I would really hate to see the high school seniors be penalized by a bad decision by the uh, NCAA. Well, the only thing I will say is that. In order to crack lineups now as freshmen, you're going to have to buck a lot of fifth-year seniors. Um, just, I mean, all across the country, not just at, at Illinois. I mean, if Fraser and, and Damani Williams return for their fifth season, that's, there'll still be a – I mean, that's two positions in the starting lineup. And, and I know that uh, Damani's not starting right now, but that's two positions in the top eight of the, of the, of the rotation that uh, it's going to be pretty hard to crack. I don't care who you are. It's going to be hard, hard it's going for freshmen. Great basketball. Yeah, I would think basketball will be a lot better next year with, with so many returning. It reminds me like the '89 team. I mean, look at that 
that that's that season, the Big Ten, and a lot of these guys were uh, juniors. You know, Illinois didn't have a lot of seniors, but there was a lot of upperclassmen, and that's what's really kind of missing from college basketball a lot of times. Yeah, they had so uh, I don't mind Hamilton and Battle were seniors, that. of course, but you're right, right about Gill and Nick Anderson and and Bardo and Smith. They were all juniors. Yeah, they're upperclassmen. I mean, mm-hmm. and look at Iowa from. If you look at Corbello at six one and Iowa at six five, and you look at the what uh, Iowa's done putting on thirty pounds, and getting better. Corbello at this time as a freshman, I mean Iowa wasn't a good shooter as a freshman. I think Corbello his potential is off the charts, really. No doubt. He learns hey, that jump shot. Hey Bill, we appreciate the call. I need to need to get a couple in here real quick before we go. Let's go to Mike in Champaign. You're on the air with us. Yeah, good morning, guys. Just a quick uh, item with respect to we brought up how Indianapolis attracts so many sports uh, events. They formed the Indianapolis Sports Corp years ago, and all the large businesses in Indianapolis, Lilly and Salesforce, and all of them support that organization with significant finances and other resources. So they, it's a it's a major commitment of the government of Indianapolis and all of the corporate citizens, if you will, to have that as a venue for major sports. So they can pull this stuff off. Uh, they know what they're doing. They're professionals at it. And one of the reasons they got the Big Ten tournament this year was the, the, the although nobody really went on record about it, was the chaos in Chicago and the fact that you can trust the Indianapolis government. You can't necessarily trust the Chicago government. So just a little background that, uh, that I'm aware of. But thanks for listening to yep, me. Yep, thanks, thanks for Mike, the call. Mike, for the call. And I, I, I've said many times that uh, Indianapolis, to have an event like this, they just make a big deal out of it. We're a town like Chicago. This is not a, necessarily a knock on Chicago, but in a place like that, it's just another thing, just another event. And Indiana really puts the focus on it. Let's go to Steve, speaking of Indiana, in Michigan City, Indiana. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I've been listening to you talking about different things on the portal, Lauren, and this and that. Hey, what about the Illinois team? I know they got a seven-foot center that's been down uh, the bench away, hasn't played much. You know, you think he'll stick around? I mean, I think there's some guys down there that might even enter the portal and leave Illinois just because they want to play. I agree. I'm sure that'll happen. Illinois loses players to the portal every year. They lost Griffin last year. They lost several. I know his first after his first year, seven players left. Tevin Jones left. Yeah, Tevin Jones. Yeah, right. Tevin Jones and Griffin. So yeah. So yes, I mean Illinois will lose players, but they won't lose the top players. So, but when you lose somebody, then that gives you a scholarship to go out and uh, get somebody else, a high school kid, or that's or correct. Somebody like that. That's correct. So. What you're seeing anyway. right now, though, is, is going to be a shakeup like nothing you've ever seen before. And it's just going to be well, under. Like I said, no school is going to be immune to it. No, 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 sir. You're right. But Illinois is going to, Illinois is in a position to add quality and lose players that are not at the level of being able to play. So it's an ideal situation for Illinois. Anyway, yep. I just wanted to give you a call. Enjoy listening to you. Yep. Thank you very much. Thank you. Steve, we appreciate that. Just about in our final minute here, one thing we need to mention, we haven't had a time so far, but Terry Hawthorne yep. coming back to the uh, Illinois football 
uh, program. He was named Director of High School Personnel and Illini Relations yesterday by Brett Bielma. So uh, that staff continues to uh, get lined up. They start uh, spring practice on Tuesday, and uh, they will have a spring game on Monday night, April the 19th. So football is uh, right around the corner. And high school football played last night, and there's more games today. Monticello won last night. I saw that. (laughs) They're undefeated. (laughs) They're undefeated. Roll on. Well, that's good. Mr. Tate, uh, we'll let you go, and uh, we're going to get down here a couple minutes early today because of Illinois baseball. Go along, and I will talk to you soon, my friend. Thanks, Steve. Great job. Yeah, appreciate uh, all the uh, folks that took time to call today, and thanks to our guest, David Woods, along with Scott Ritchie and Bill Small. As <laughs> we'll get through this. You're not going to let me take my headphones with me? <laughs> no. If you do, you should unplug them first. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Steve Kelly. Thanks to Dave Leak, our producer. Illinois Baseball is up next here on WDWS Champaign-Urbana.